that is also being all in. Doing nothing is being it all in too. And so you need the balance and it's just, it's a process that you're always gonna be finding that balance of, okay, where are the times when I can just indulge in self-care? And it sounds like an indulgence and I said indulge, but it's necessary, it's the rest. It's the rest that lets you come back stronger. Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to be inspired, get curious, expand and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern healers of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your Healer Dealer, Diana Zalicki. So excited you're here. Let's get started. Hi, Emmy. Hi. So we were just having breakfast talking about collaborating on a fun personal project that we think could become something bigger and as we were talking about you know in my mind like research development I just was like oh my gosh I should interview (laughs) so relate I was like oh my god yes let's do it (laughs) I love it so much so can you say your full name properly? Because I say your full name properly. Obviously, yeah. you're able to. Okay, so what is your full name? So my name's Iman Zane. Iman Zane. Oh, I don't know why I was going to say it differently, Iman. That's okay. It's spelled purposefully to trip people up. That's a lie. My parents were just decided to be creative. Okay. It's a really common name in the Middle East, so they yeah. wanted it to be a little bit different. Oh, yeah. so, you're, so it's not your fault. Okay, great. But I, we, we're okay with Emmy. Actually, I prefer Iman. Iman? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I know you met me when I was going by Emmy, so yes, again, not your fault. Okay. But Iman. I've changed, yeah, I've decided Iman, to go by Iman. my real name. Iman, like David Bowie's wife. Yeah. Oh, that's so much easier for my head mm-hmm. my head to say. Okay. Um, all right, Iman. So Iman is a actress and an ultra marathoner. You also model, but you're more of an actress now. Yes. You say yes. Yeah. And you are a, like a legit real athlete. You surf. You rock climb, but ultra marathoning is something that you've been doing for years now, and it's something you're very dedicated to. And can you explain what ultra marathon is? Or is that proper ultra marathoning? Yeah, ultra marathon. Yeah, that's the proper term for it. It's so funny you say years, and I feel like I started just yesterday, and I was like a newbie in the sport. But technically, an ultra marathon is anything that's longer than marathon distance. And a marathon is 26.2 miles. So an ultra marathon could be 30 miles, it could be 50 miles, could be 100, could be 1000. It uh, it really there's no end to the distance. Now, okay, no end to the distance. But what is the distance that you just completed 100 miles? Yeah, I just completed my first 100 miles. That is mind-blowing. And you're training for another one in Spain coming up in May. Yeah, yeah. So my next race is 100 miles over three days, and that's in Spain. So that's a stage race. And it's a little bit different than a traditional ultramarathon, but it still falls under that realm. Now, something that clicked in my head when we were talking, legit, we're doing this in my car. Like, we literally (laughs) just had breakfast, and I was like, oh, my God, let's go to my car and do this right now, is I am fascinated by athletes and I'm fascinated by peak performance I'm fascinated by the dedication um, especially for um, I don't know if you would consider like adventure sports or whatnot but this is not what I would say is society's quote-unquote norm as far as like you know um, sports that we're used to hearing about so I'm just fascinated by that and I really think it is relevant to talk about in a spirituality podcast because 
of the connection within yourself to the divine, to showing up, to pushing you through those different levels because it is a different next level experience to push your body to be able to run for 100 miles. So can you tell me, share a little bit about I know you're a spiritual person. How spirituality has played in your dedication and love for running? Yeah. Um, I guess this is going to be kind of a long-winded answer because I feel like there's a lot to touch on just with yeah, adventure sports. But I've, I've always been into extreme sports, and I think that's traditionally what people would call it if they're not into that. But I, I prefer the term adventure sports. I like that. But in high school, you know, I wasn't an athlete. I never was I was I did ultimate frisbee I guess for a little while but dog sledding was my sport in high school and from then I like went to college and obviously couldn't have a team of dogs in my dorm room and then put on the freshman 15 and started running I was like I should probably do something active with my life and running is really what allowed me to settle into myself and running and all the other adventure sports so I do mountain biking and rock climbing those sort of things where you're testing your boundaries and pushing past what you think is possible. That's why I love it. It's discovering something about yourself that you didn't think was in the realm of reality. And I think that's where it ties into spirituality because spirituality, when you really dive in deep to it, opens up new worlds for you that you maybe didn't think existed or didn't think was possible. And running, for me and the other adventure sports I do, they bring that to light on the physical level. So if I'm rock climbing and I'm stuck on the edge of a cliff with like one finger on a little tiny razor of a rock, and then you pull up your entire body weight and you you get to that next reach, there's just this feeling of connected, connectedness and like focus. And it's the same with running in a different way because you're you're just going past i guess i'm just gonna repeat myself you're just going past what you think is possible well what i love is the importance of movement because mm-hmm. it kind of looks back when you you hear with like yogis it's like they do the yoga before they meditate so you're doing that essentially in a different form yeah um but what i love about what i just we were talking about this a little bit at breakfast but i'm just fascinated with you know, we were talking about the no excuses, showing up, the discipline of it. How do, how would you tie in discipline being an important part of your spiritual practice? Yeah, discipline is really important to running and it's really important to any spiritual practice. So when I am meditating, there's times when you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, you know, it's easier to just check my phone and get sucked into that world. But you have to stick with it every day. So I do this meditation that's like a 40-day plan, and it has a different um, a different mantra each day. And if I miss a day, I have to start over from the beginning. So there has to be like a consequence for if you miss your day. And so oh that's- Oh my God, this feels so untied with all the work you do, because I've interviewed a few other people, you know, meditation in all its different forms. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see the form of meditation you choose yeah. to assist you personally. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And I think that's because I'm a very goal-oriented person. Yeah. So when I'm training, I am not the person that will just run all the time 
forever, whenever, I need a race. I need a goal in mind to train for. So that's why I pick these races. So I have something and I can write out a plan for my running. And if I miss a day, the consequences of missing that day is I won't be prepared for my race. I'll fall behind. I won't do well. I'll injure myself. So the consequences are all on yourself. You know, you have to, you have to set that up to where, okay, if I miss a day of my meditation, I have to go back to the beginning. And I really want to get through this meditation. I want to do all 40 days. I want to get through all the mantras. And for the running too, I want to get through all of the training runs that I've set up for myself because I want to do well during the, the race. And usually the races are so intimidating to me that it's not just, I want to get through the race. I want to survive the race. <laughs> I yeah, need how, to do the training runs so that I survive the race. How are you feeling? Like, what's it like for you when you're doing a hundred mile race? Like what goes through your head? Like, are you just so present that you don't think of anything else? Like there are times when you're very present and there are times where you're out of your body and it depends on what's going on. So the first, so the hundred miler I did, it's kind of known you want to make the first marathon as easy as possible. So you're not pushing you you don't want to be sore. You don't want to be tired. It's just fun. So I'm a very chatty person. I get out there and I talk to everybody and I make videos of my runs. So I did a video of my hundred mile race. So I'm out there filming and I'm just having a good time and I'm taking it a little bit slower. And then the first marathon's done and you still have 75 miles to go. <laughs> and around mile 32 or so is when you, I mean, it's different for everybody, but you start to reach the first dark points. And I remember we just, just feeling quiet and I was running with somebody else and just feeling like, wait, it, let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So you're talking about for you personally, for me around, personally. around mile 32 mm -hmm. is you said silent and dark point and same. So mm -hmm. is that the same for you? Yeah. It, well, it was a dark point and I noticed the dark point because I was silent. Okay. Got it. Because I had been chatting and like mm -hmm. talkative and bubbly. And then all of a sudden I realized like, I'm not talking. The person I'm running with isn't talking. I'm in my head. I noticed I was in my head, just like in meditation. When you're breathing, you know, whatever form of meditation you do, you notice the thoughts coming through and you can point them out and just say, oh, that's a thought and let it go. So I noticed I'm getting these thoughts of like, wow, this is starting to be hard and I'm starting to worry and anticipate. And I was able to point those out to myself and then figure out the solution, which was eating. Usually in an ultra marathon, the solution is eating food <laughs> or drinking water. And, uh, I told Are you stopping to take a break? No. When you do that? Or are you running while you're eating? Yeah. You're running while you're eating. Wow. Um, you can walk and eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but so I remember telling the guy behind me, I was like, we need to eat something. And he was like, okay. And he said that was the changing point for his race was me telling him that he needed to eat something because he was in a dark place too. And wouldn't have told himself to do it. And so just that little tiny change of adding energy to your body fueled us. And all of a sudden I felt better. And it was like, there's ways to get yourself out of the dark places. But so that was the first one. And you're going to, in a in hundred miles, you go to those dark places many, many times. And what are those, and what are your solutions to get yourself out of it? Are you ever not trying to find a solution and just trying to be present through that and just like acknowledging like, hey, this is a dark point right now during the race? It's interesting because I do try in life to be very present and I do try to pay attention to what I'm feeling and what is going on. And sometimes it's more helpful to just be like, I'm going to leave my body now and like get out of being here. Because if you're running for 
28 hours, you maybe don't want to feel every step of pain. But generally speaking, if I notice a problem, like if there's a pain in my leg, I'll point it out to myself and I'll say, okay, what is happening? Is there anything I can do to fix it right now? Yes, then I'll do that. No? Well, okay, then there's nothing I can do but worry about it and worry about it isn't helping. So if there's nothing I can do right now, I'm just going to let it go and stop worrying about it. Now, but when do you note the difference of, for yourself mentally, when you're running and you're reaching a very uncomfortable point, that is pain. When are you really knowing that you need to stop? Your body is like, hey, Iman, you need to stop. That you're going to mess up your knee, your leg, blah, blah, versus like it's a mental game and you need to push through. It's almost always a mental game and you need to push through it. And that's, I think. You think the physical ailments are also mental? No, it's not. When I say that, it's because I know my body and that generally speaking, I'm not pushing to the point where it is going to cause permanent injury. Although I say that and then I think back to my 100 and I did mess up my knee a little bit, but it was just tightness. But you're so, I think, would you agree that because you're so in tune with your body, because you have been tuning, let's use your body as an instrument, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you've been really focusing on tuning in your body. So you are really aware, mm -hmm. deeply aware of your body and your connection to your body before you're doing this race. So you were able to talk to your body and you know the difference. I think that's very inspiring to really be so connected with your body that you know the difference between what is like, hey, this is a serious issue versus yeah. this is mental. I think that's huge. And I think so many of us, um, can relate in the sense of when we're not feeling connected to our mm -hmm. bodies. And would you say that, you know, you're very active, you're all the time that movement is the reason why you're so connected to your body? Yeah, I think if I'm not moving, then I feel disconnected and it it really starts to make me feel stir crazy. And I, I feel kind of trapped. And as soon as I start moving again, then I get that breath of life in me and I feel relaxed. One thing I find is very interesting, it's like, so you're saying feel trapped a bit if you're not moving your body, right? Yeah. So you're constantly active, you're constantly moving. Do you rest? How important is rest here? Because I feel like, you know, the message we get, everybody's like, we're not resting enough. Mm -hmm. And maybe that our activities, the stress we have, I feel maybe we don't channel in enough to physical movement but that said everybody's so different so it's going to be different for everybody not everybody is you know cut to no. to do that which I find very inspiring as well so I think it's interesting because rest rest is something I struggle with so it's interesting because I think rest is something that I struggle with um it's hard for me to take time off and that's something that I'm learning, and that's something that my connection with the spiritual is helping me to get a grasp on. But I think, you know, if it's not connection to moving your body, like running 100 miles, which obviously it's not for <laughs> a lot of people, rest doesn't, or movement doesn't necessarily mean pushing yourself to the edge, and rest doesn't necessarily mean doing nothing. Rest can mean being, it can mean singing, it can mean sitting outside and soaking in a gorgeous view. So for me, I feel rested when I am 
out in the mountains. So do you feel for you personally, you can only truly rest after you've pushed yourself to the edge? Yes. And that's something I'm working on because there's a voice in my head that says, if you haven't done your workout, you don't get to rest. Wow. And that's an old programming that I'm trying to wrestle with that, you know, the med- and it's, it's weird because I'll get to the point where even my meditation, it's like, you have to do the work before you get the rest. You know, it's like, you have to meditate for an hour. You should do this. You should journal before you get to rest. Uh. And it's weird because it's such a helpful tool, but sometimes I guess I'm the personality that where I'll use it to hold myself accountable. Well, I think that's a really difficult because we talk about this a lot just with all my friends and even on this podcast, like shooting ourselves. But what's really fascinating to me is the idea of, okay, when you're training for a race, you like have to show up, you should be doing all these things, but then it would, I would find it hard, like, you know, t- to be somebody that is that dedicated to doing that and you're following your own rules, doing that, showing up, how could that not pour into all other parts of your life? And what is the balance and what is the line for your own self that is like, oh, I should do this. And also that, oh, stop shitting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very interesting to me. Like, I think, I mean, I'm just saying it as a question for both of us and just in general, because I think about that with, um, you know, the resistance, mm-hmm. like the resistance of, have you read that book, The Big Leap? Mm-hmm. I love that you book. You recommended that. I did. Oh my God. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, words of I affirmation. It's so good. So, okay. You talk about, you know, and we also talk about resistance with like when you're, for those of you that have not read it, amazing book, a big leap. I think Gay Hendricks mm-hmm. is the author. Highly recommend it. One of the big takeaways from it is that we all have the set point that we are telling ourselves that this is how happy you're allowed to be. And once we start to, yeah, that thermometer, once we push into our zone of genius, which is where we all want to be, we start to get, you know, we're, uh, um, oh shit. What is the word that they use? Not, um, oh, someone's going to listen to it. I'm going to totally forget. I say this all the time with my, uh, it's like, you know, you're 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 fighting the resistance oh, when you're yeah. pu- pushing to the next level. Oh my gosh, well, this is driving me nuts. What's it called? Um, upper leveling? No, upper leveling. Yeah. Is that upper leveling yourself? Level of comfort or something. Oh my god, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so you're, you're sabotaging yourself when you're trying to get to your zone because of genius. You get, you get to where you're. You get past your comfort zone, and that thermometer your ego is like, no, 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 it's comfortable down here. Come back. Like, but so what's back. interesting, like listening to you and we're just thinking out loud here, mm-hmm. is it seems like that thermometer is very clear when it comes to these races. But outside of the races, it's where it doesn't feel as clear. Would you say, agree with that? Like, as far as, like, you know, you're... So, for example, like, you have shared with me that you'll go to bed at 10, you'll wake up at 2 a.m. sometimes to get your mileage in for training, which is just a bananas amazing mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then you'll go to be, like, on set, you know, for a shoot at, like, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. the same day, which I just can't wrap my brain around and I'm just fascinated by. Um, you know, so you're in there, and it's like, you know, you okay, so it's uncomfortable. You have to get up. You don't even think about it. You just know you have to do this. Yeah, and it's weird because I love that. I love the days where I'm just, like, packed full of because I love everything that I do where it's like oh yeah okay no I don't like it in the in the moment where I have to wake up at two in the morning and I'm tired and I'm like oh I have to go run 
but then at the end of the day, I just feel so satisfied. Does it make you feel like superhuman when you're able to do that? That's what, yeah, the running, definitely, because you run further than you ever have before, and you're like, wow, I didn't think this was possible. And it changes, like, oh, I can do that job. I ran 100 miles. Like, I can do that thing in my life. I ran 100 miles. Like, How has pushing yourself to the edge doing these ultra marathon races influenced your um, career and other parts of your life in pushing yourself to the edge? Something that I realized when I was doing the 100 miles is how badly you have to want something. If it's, you know, if it's, if it's important to you, if it's worth having, you have to want it with everything. So running 100 miles, you have to really, really, really want it because, and that's where the why comes in, right? That's so important. But you cannot do 100 miles. You can quit at any time. You can quit at any time. And it's not just the 24 hours of running or 30 hours of running that's the actual race, but it's nine months of training. It's like a whole year of your life going into this race. And when you get to that race and you're halfway through and everything hurts and you're exhausted and you get all these weird pains you've never had before and your mind is playing tricks on you and it's the middle of night and you're cold, you can quit. Anybody can quit and a lot of people do. And they'll tell themselves, I'll come back next year, or this wasn't right for me, or, you know, that thing. There's a million reasons not to, and so you have to have the why. And so I realized while I was running, I was like, this is a lot like my career. I'm trying to be an actress. It's a one in a million type of job. Although there's lots and lots of people that do it, but you just have to want it. Because if there's any doubts in your mind that you don't want it, if the why isn't strong of why you're here and doing that job, you can quit any time. Anytime I can go and get a real job, quote unquote, and, you know, work in a cafe or work in video production or, you know, make websites. I don't know. Anything that I wanted to do, I could do. That, But it wouldn't be fulfilling like running 100 miles is to me, like acting is to me. And so it just made me come to terms with how badly I want to do that. Well, what I'm hearing from you, too, is not even just how bad you want it, mm -hmm. but how you have to be all in. All in. You have to be all in. Mm -hmm. And I just, one thing we talked about earlier, which our listeners, you know, those that don't know you, I'm really blown away by your attitude. Like, I'm really impressed with, at such a young age, like, you're so grounded. You are so in touch with what's important. You really have such a bright, loving, open, like... Uh, I mean, all I see is possibility for you. Like, literally everything that you want, I know, is yours. It's really so, like, important for me to hear from you because you're such an inspiration to me. Aww. And I'm just, like, amazed by everything you're doing. So that really means a lot. Oh, I've just, I'm blown. And I'm so, like, I'm so fascinated by your dedication to ultramarathon running. And I just, I think it's, like, it's, you know, we can talk about spiritual discipline and all these other forms. I'm very also very interested in you know when we meet people and they're like they may not associate themselves as spiritual they listen to this podcast and they're like that's a bunch of woo woo up and down I don't know why I had an accent just now um <laughs> but like it's so funny because I see so many people that are like oh, I'm not spirit I'm like what you're doing is spiritual yeah like and I find I guess because it's not something that I feel my body is meant to do at least that's what I think mentally right now is um is that dedication to you know doing um you know like doing a, a race like that i mean some people i mean for uh, most people doing the regular marathon is that level for them for some people doing a 5k is 100 miles yeah even that like if you're 
if you have to train for a 5k that is your race you know yeah it's still the same rules apply like you're still training for it you're waking up in the morning you're dedicating yourself whether it's a half marathon or a marathon or 100 miles it's a drive but do you think that we can because there's also the flip side of this is you know our birthright of human, you know, we're uh, culturally set up to be like overworking over, over this and that to receive love, to receive, you know, accomplishments, to receive praise, like all those, you know, it's always this like overworking attitude, which I've, I'm still working through, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of my process. Yeah. It's a lifelong process, but also the idea of just doing the things that feel good in order to call that in for yourself all the things that you desire so if you're just doing things that feel good you know then you're going to attract those things as well so I'm always like kind of toying and playing with that whole idea of like what does being all in mean Mm -hmm. like how much effort has to go into being all in and it's like I think obviously like uh something like ultra marathon uh, races it's like it's very like it's on paper like you know you can have your training schedule and to be all in it's like okay it's going to take this mm-hmm. so it's so interesting to me to like individually like what is it going to take for whatever your ultra marathon is mm-hmm. personally for all those listening yeah. you know well and it's funny too because being all in and like overworking isn't the only thing that works you towards your goal so the rest days in training are actually just as important if you're not taking any time off, you're not you're going to injure yourself or you're going to be exhausted when you race. So I'm actually pretty good. It's weird. I'm actually pretty good at taking the time off from my running because I and it's weird because I call myself lazy and I'm like, "Oh, you're lazy for not running, sticking to your training plan as much as you need to." But I think somewhere in my body I know that I need more rest than what the training plan calls for. And in the end, I'm better for it. And so it's the same thing with career and life. It's like just because you're not doing, 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 if you're just taking a day to sit on the beach or lay in bed and listen to music, that is just as important as the working, working, working because you're allowing yourself to receive. You're in that receiving space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I mean, something I'm still working with is, you know, relaxing. And, but that, that is also being all in. Doing nothing is being it all in too. And so you need the balance and it's just, it's a process that you're always gonna be finding that balance of, okay, where are the times when I can just indulge in self-care? And it sounds like an indulgence and I said indulge, but it's necessary, it's the rest. It's the rest that lets you come back stronger. Now, if, if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody that's listening and they're like, that sounds insane, I kind of am interested it perked something up in them what is a piece of advice that you would give somebody who wants to take wants to become more all in with some kind of physical activity sport like that dedication of you know showing up um and doing something that for them whatever their personal ultra marathon is what advice would you give them uh to be able to accomplish that Mm, advice that i would give is first just to make it fun. Um, One thing that will really help you just logistically is finding a friend to do it with you. So when I started running, I roped a friend into training for my first marathon. So maybe that's, if you know what kind of person you are, find a goal, these are like a hundred different pieces of advice. Um, Find a goal that you want to prepare yourself for. If it's running, pick a 5K. If it's rock climbing, you know, pick a a route somewhere that you really want to do. Which could be applied for anything. Anything, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
whatever it is in your life, like you could find a goal and have that be the thing that motivates you. And then surround yourself with people that will get you there. So even put like a, a post on Meetup or Facebook, you can find tons of groups that in any sport, there's a Facebook group for trail and ultra running and there are so many people on there and you could put a post and say like, hey, does anybody wanna go for a run with me? Find a run club. Whatever it is, there's whatever you're interested in, there are other people that are interested in that as well. So rope someone into doing it with you because it can be hard to keep yourself on track at first, but if you have another person there, it just makes it easier and then it makes it more fun. You know, if it's surfing, grab a buddy, go surfing. So I think, I think if you're just trying to get into something, making someone else be there with you just to hold yourself accountable at the beginning. And then you're going to find the things that you really love about it, and that will drive you. Well, I also think that's very helpful in the beginning or during the time when you are getting up at 2 a.m. I know for me, when I go surfing, if I know I have a friend that's going to, I'm going to meet up with a dawn patrol, Mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier. And also the fact that I'm like, oh, a friend is waiting for me. I have to meet them. I can't, you know, bail. Like I'm meeting this person. It's easy to like let yourself slide on things. But as soon as you have another person in mind, you want to respect their time and you want to respect that they've made a commitment to you. So you, you turn that. So starting steps would be, so all you want to be ultra marathon runners out there, pick a goal, pick a goal, find a buddy, find a buddy, make it fun, make it fun. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Thank Iman. You. I really appreciate you coming on. I love that we did this last minute yeah. little interview in my, um, in my car, Chateau <laughs> Ghetto style. I am so excited for you. I'm so inspired by you. I think you are such a bright light and I feel like you have such a bright future ahead of you. And I just, I I love your attitude. It's very um, inspiring. I feel a lot of people that I've met in the past that do extreme sports, adventure sports, whatever you call it, can be a little serious mm-hmm. about it. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. But I find it like it, it feel, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. here's this person who, you know, just talks about doing a hundred mile race right. as she does saying, like, let's get a coffee That's around a the coffee. corner. I'm like, well, oh. It's funny. You can be a glass half full kind of person. I think sometimes people do take life seriously and I'm, you know, I'm guilty of that as well, but it's okay to be cheery and bubbly in yourself and like over energized or whatever it is. Like you don't have to take things. I I just, I feel like, I guess what, when you just saying that, it's also made me think of what I love is you make it light. Mm. You, the thing that like, even these goals that seem really hard, they are hard. And obviously there's a bunch of work that goes into it for yourself. You still make it light, which makes it fun, which makes it like, Hey, I'm doing something pleasurable that I love. And I just find that very inspiring. Cause I I think sometimes I'm guilty of this. We can get so caught up in this goal that we want Mm. and we think we're having fun. Sometimes we can forget about, you know, that along the journey you know just make sure you know why you're doing it you know and have fun with it because like I enjoy making the food that I eat for the trail runs and I enjoy looking forward to my stacks all around and I enjoy the friends that I do it with so again having those people that make it fun for you well Thank you so much. Thank you. And I love that you're doing this. I love the podcast. Oh, my God. You're all your other guests. I love it. Well, okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's a wrap for today on the Healer Dealer podcast. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, let me know what you loved about it, and pass along to your family and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.